SEP Fanfic Readings presents A Thousand Words by Olive Juice 28. Quick narrator's note, um, I have been sick for the last 10 days and my voice is not quite back to where it was, um, so I do apologize as some of the voices are going to be a little different. Chapter 26. Party All Night Long. After Draco and Hermione went back inside, they joined in the merriment as Dean taught the less informed members of the party how to play musical chairs. With so many people there, they had to get creative in the placement of seats, and the dining room became a holding area for unnecessary pieces of furniture and home decor. Finally, everything was determined to be ready, and Dean blasted a collection of lively Christmas music as the game began. Just as it had during the game night in the room, the volume and excitement level rose to heights of crazed exuberance. The ten housemates, being old hat at this game, were in tearful hysterics as their peers attempted to grasp the basic rules. Ron kept tripping over his own feet, Oliver landed in Daphne's lap, Angelina lost a shoe, and Pansy refused to get up after successfully securing a seat during the very first round. As a result, Theo levitated her, chair and all, and left her suspended in midair for the next several turns. At some point, George unleashed three of his patented version of muggle whoopee cushions, which zoomed around and slid under unsuspecting players right as they went to sit down. A chorus of obscene sounds filled the air each time Dean stopped the music, causing everyone to laugh until their sides ached. At the end of the game, which Blaze won and received a whoopee cushion as a prize for, everyone helped put the room to rights and set about refilling their plates for the fourth or fifth time that night. "'I think we should have a dance party,' Theo announced to the group, cutting through the friendly chatter that had commenced as everyone settled back into the chairs and comfortable spots on the floor. "'But we just moved all the furniture back!' Ginny, Anthony, and Hannah all whined at the same time. Chuckles broke out, but Theo, undeterred, forged ahead. "'Not in here!' The lanky former Slytherin sought Harry's eyes across the room and jerked his head toward the entrance hall, beckoning an audience with him. Everyone watched with mild curiosity as the two stood, heads bowed together, while Theo spoke animatedly. At one point, Harry looked up and glanced around the room. Hermione, he called. Can you come here? She did as he asked and made her way across the crowded space to her friends. Cocking an eyebrow in question, she simply waited to hear what they needed from her. Not has an idea, Harry began. Actually, it's an ingenious plan, not just an idea, Theo sniffed in mock offense. He wants to turn the rooftop into a dance floor, he spoke over the other wizard. Hermione's eyebrows were now both raised. She hadn't even realized Grimald had a rooftop, but she supposed of course it would. All the homes on the street had the same rectangular shape, reaching up three floors above street level and ending in a flat surface on top. Okay, she began. What do you need me for? Because you're bloody brilliant, exclaimed Theo. Harry chuckled and nodded towards the living room where everyone was gathered. Remember how you helped me transfigure that whole space and all the other rooms in this moldy old house? Hermione nodded and grinned, understanding the request. Lead the way, then. She shooed the boys forward towards the stairs. Upon reaching the top of the last staircase, they had to resort to blasting the warped floor off its rusty hinges. What they found was a completely empty, snow-covered rooftop. The entire space was hemmed in by a brick wall about four feet high, which made Hermione feel better about people being up there. "'What do we need to do?' Theo asked her, his eyes dancing with anticipation. "'Vanish the snow, cast a shield charm over the entire space, as well as a concealment and muffliato. After that, cast warming charms every five or six feet, reinforce the floor, maybe string some lights by the door.' The moon was almost full, and the clouds had parted when the snow stopped, leaving the sky clear and full of twinkling stars." We'll get started on that, Harry confirmed. Do you want to have some of the others bring chairs up here? And Dean should bring the music. 
Hermione nodded and headed towards the stairs, only to meet George, Angelina, and Luna on their way up. She pointed them in the direction of Harry and Theo and skipped back down to round up the others. Magic is a wonderful thing. In less than fifteen minutes, the rooftop had been transformed, literally, from a boring, snow-laden space to a warm, welcoming party hub. Everyone who had still been downstairs helped bring chairs, cushions, and of course, snacks up to the new location. The process of levitating items making their way up three flights of stairs was quite a sight, and the shiny parquet dance floor Theo had conjured impressed everyone as soon as they stepped onto the roof. Dean set up his CD player at the far end, and magically magnified the volume in the outdoor space. Within seconds, everyone was lined up for his crash course on the Macarena. Hermione greatly appreciated Dean's quick thinking. By starting them off with a group dance, he not only guaranteed participation, but also alleviated the awkwardness that often accompanied these situations. After the Macarena, Hermione taught everyone the electric slide, and then Oliver showed them the boots, goot, and boogie, which he claimed one of his teammates had taught all the Puddlemere players. By the time the line dance lessons were over, the friendly and comfortable atmosphere carried over as Dean started to play some popular muggle music. Everyone who had stuck it out thus far was moving to the beat, talking animatedly with one another, simply enjoying the next segment of what was turning out to be an absolutely amazing night. Draco watched Hermione as she sidestepped and bounced along to a song he couldn't quite make out the words to. It sounded like the artist was simply repeating Dabadi, but surely there was more to it than that. Her eyes were sparkling and she was chatting happily with Blaze and Katie, gesturing with her hands and eliciting a chuckle from both of them. She let her gaze wander and locked eyes with him, a slow smile spreading as she tilted her head. He felt his answering grin and took a few steps in her direction, as he noticed the song change. Apparently Dean had decided to slow things down, and Draco hesitated slightly, still a step or two away from her. Would she want to dance with him? With everyone around? Wouldn't that tell everyone that they were officially together? Did she want that? She must have read the hesitation on his face because she closed the distance and placed her hand on his arm. "'What's wrong?' Her dark brown eyes filled with concern as she studied his face. "'Nothing,' Draco gave a nervous chuckle. "'I didn't know if you'd want to dance.' "'Haven't we been dancing this whole time?' Her lips quirked and raised her eyebrows. "'I mean like this. A slow song. With me. With everyone around.' He felt his cheeks heating up and couldn't meet her gaze, instead staring at her shoes, which he noticed were shiny black flats with tiny bows on the front. "'Of course I want to dance with you.' "'Why wouldn't I?' she asked quietly. He shrugged, unsure of how to answer that. Hermione slid her hand down from his arm and twined her fingers into his. She gave a small tug and tilted her head towards the center of the dance floor. His heart was pounding with the force of a stampeding centaur, and his arms and legs felt stiff and uncooperative. But he followed, and before he knew it, she was in his arms, and everything else disappeared. His hands had found their way to her waist of their own accord, and her hands were clasped together behind his neck. She was gazing up at him, her eyes never wavering from his, a small smile playing on her lips. "'This isn't too awful, is it?' she asked teasingly. Draco shook his head. "'No, not awful at all.' His voice was slightly lower than usual, and he was hyper-aware of how petite and delicate she seemed, now that she was in his arms. He'd spent plenty of time near Hermione over the past four months, but most of it was walking through corridors, sitting in class, or across the dinner table— He'd never been this close for longer than a few seconds, and definitely not in this manner. They swayed from side to side, moving in a small, slow circle. He was appreciating the way the lights reflected in her deep, umber irises when she shifted closer and laid her cheek on his chest. As she moved in, his arms automatically wound around her, crossing behind her back. 
She was a good seven or eight inches shorter than he was, so the top of her head reached right under his chin. He felt her give a contented sigh, and allowed himself to relax, resting his cheek on top of her silken curls. Never in all his eighteen years had Draco felt so at peace. It was more than just a feeling of happiness, more than the butterflies that had come with first loves. It was a sense of rightness, like everything in his life had led up to this moment. He knew how mad it sounded, but he felt whole, complete. He had no idea what he had done to gain the trust and friendship of this amazing woman in his arms, but he was going to do whatever it took to earn the right to keep it. Up until the Christmas party, he had simply enjoyed the easy camaraderie and flirtatious banter they engaged in. He knew he liked her, or fancied her, or had a crush on her, whatever anyone wanted to call it, regardless of how vehemently he denied it. After she'd kissed him, though, he allowed himself to hope that she liked him, too, and even started to imagine what it would be like to pursue a relationship with her. However, her words to him on the front steps earlier had sunk deep into his soul, making him feel like she really saw him and was choosing to stick around. His feelings for her ran far deeper than he'd originally acknowledged. He was exhilarating and terrifying at the same time, especially since he doubted she was in as deep as he was at that moment. That was okay, though. He would wait. He would take things as slowly as possible, would let her set the pace. His eyes flickered up from a random spot on the dance floor he'd been focused on, and he scanned the rooftop. Most of the group was partnered up in a similar fashion. Harry with Ginny, George and Angelina, Ron and Katie, Neville and Hannah, Theo and Luna. Now that was an interesting pair, although Theo seemed to be perfectly at ease as he twirled his fairy-like partner around. He also spotted Pansy, Alicia, and Daphne chatting off to one side, and Blaze, Oliver, Seamus, and Anthony over with Dean by the music player. As he watched, the song changed over to another one of a similar tempo, and Oliver made his way across the floor to stand in front of Daphne. After a quick exchange, the two made their way to the middle of the floor and began a sway in time, chatting and smiling at one another. Draco's gaze landed back on Pansy, who was now sipping her drink and watching everyone else. She turned in his direction, jaw dropping slightly, an eyebrow raising in her classic Pansy smirk. He just grinned lazily back at her and winked. She shook her head and rolled her eyes in mock exasperation. He knew she didn't understand his choice, but he also knew she wouldn't make things difficult if she thought his mind was made up, which it was. Very much so. New Year's Day was half over by the time Hermione dragged herself out of bed and down to the kitchen where Creature met her with a steaming mug of strong coffee and a heaping plate of breakfast pastries. She yawned her thanks and settled into a chair just as Harry came shuffling through the door, equally as exhausted. "'Morning,' Harry muttered, sinking into the chair catty-corner to hers. "'Mm-hmm,' she hummed as she sipped her coffee. After taking a fortifying gulp of his own beverage, Harry grinned at her. "'I think last night was a success, don't you?' Last night, this morning, all of it, she agreed, smiling back at him. I can't believe they didn't all leave until almost four o'clock. I know, Harry went to take a bit of his pastry, but had to allow a massive yawn to pass first. I'm grateful they helped clean up, though. I swear we'd still be moving furniture back if it had just been us. Definitely. It really had taken an amazingly short amount of time to set Grimmel Place to rights again after they all officially decided to call it a night. Draco and Ginny had been the last to leave, spending a few quiet moments with Hermione and Harry, respectively. Hermione had been so exhausted by that time that all she could manage was to wrap her arms around Draco's waist and mutter a muffled, "'See you Sunday,' into the front of his shirt. She had felt him chuckle and press a kiss to the top of her curls before he peeled her arms off him and winked as he stepped through the flue. 
She was smiling to herself, remembering various moments from the party, when her messy-haired flatmate interrupted her thoughts. "'So,' Harry began slowly, "'you and Malfoy—' He let the question linger and watched her face as she considered how to answer him. Keeping her eyes on the steam swirling up from her mug, she felt her cheeks heat and a huge grin tug at her lips. She shot a sideways glance at Harry and saw a knowing smirk gracing his familiar features. She simply nodded and looked back at her coffee. "'And?' he pushed. "'And what?' "'That's all I'm going to get? I might not need all the juicy details like Ginny, but I expected something!' His look of disbelief was comical. Hermione giggled. "'What would you like to know, Harry?' "'How do you feel about him, truly? Is this serious?' She thought for a moment, tilting her head and gazing at her best friend. "'I think it's much too soon to call it serious. We're really still getting to know each other. I like him a lot, though.' She shrugged, but then her eyebrow furrowed and she looked at him with a worried expression. "'You think he's changed, don't you?' "'Most definitely,' Harry didn't skip a beat. He was willing to bet he probably knew even more about the depths of Draco's change of heart than Hermione did, simply because of the nature of his relationship with the renounced Death Eater. He also had a sneaking suspicion that he had a better understanding of Draco's feelings towards his best friend than she did, but he wasn't about to spill any of that. Hermione smiled again, looking relieved. I think so, too. He's so, so different from who he used to know. I wonder sometimes if this is who he's been all along, but was never allowed to show it. She bit her lip, deep in thought for a few minutes, as Harry finished off another pastry. "'Ron asked me about you two last night,' Harry suddenly remembered. Hermione's eyes widened. "'He did? What did he say?' "'He just asked if there was something between you and Malfoy, and I told him I thought maybe there might be, but that it was too soon to tell for sure.' "'Was he all right with it?' "'Seemed to be. He just nodded and shrugged. Kind of cringed a bit, but said he supposed it could be worse.' Harry chuckled. "'Pretty sure he was thinking about Goyle or McLagan in comparison.' Hermione rolled her eyes, and he continued. He might not come right out and say it, but ever since Fred's portrait, he can't hate Malfoy anymore. I don't think they'll ever be best mates, but he doesn't avoid him or try to provoke him like he used to. Hermione considered Harry's words. She knew Ron's acceptance of Draco would be the hardest to come by out of all of her friends. But if this was already his take on it, then she'd be worrying for nothing. He did say something about hexing him six ways to Sunday if he ever hurt you, though. Harry smirked at her. She rolled her eyes and shook her head. That didn't surprise her in the slightest, but she appreciated Ron's defense of her, unnecessary as it was. "'Has Draco said anything to you about what he wants to do after we finish eighth year?' Hermione asked, surprising Harry with a sudden change of topic. "'Oh, it's Draco now, is it?' He grinned at her and noticed her cheeks turn a bright shade of pink. She pursed her lips and glared at him, refusing to rise to the bait. He decided to play nice and not give her a hard time. "'No, we haven't talked about that much.' Right now he's been focusing on the portraits he still wants to commission. He paused for a moment to collect his thoughts. We presented Colin's portrait to his family right before the holiday break. Hermione's eyes immediately teared up. She knew the young Gryffindor's portrait had been in the works, but hadn't heard anything about the finished result. Harry's voice was thicker when he spoke next. Malfoy wanted to be there for it, since he's gotten to know Colin's youngest brother. We met with Mr. and Mrs. Creevy, Dennis, and Andrew at their home. They were overwhelmed, to put it simply. He removed his glasses and swiped at his eyes with the back of his hand. Andrew hugged Malfoy for a solid three minutes, I think. He gave a watery chuckle. You know how fond he is of outward displays of affection, especially from other blokes. Hermione couldn't help but giggle as she wiped a few tears that had trailed down her cheeks. I'm sure they were very appreciative. Oh, very much so, 
They insisted we stay for tea, and Dennis gave Malfoy one of Colin's old cameras as we were leaving. I've rarely seen him so humbled or speechless. Harry cocked his head as the new train of thought occurred to him. You know, I don't think Malfoy knows how to handle forgiveness. What do you mean? Hermione asked. I don't think it's a trait most Slytherins experience often. I think for the majority of them, once someone's wronged you, that's it. There's no going back. I don't think apologizing is a common occurrence either. Malfoy has spent the past half year trying to make amends with people, and he's done really well. But I think the concept of them actually forgiving him is harder for him to handle than making the apology himself. He doesn't feel he deserves it, Hermione murmured softly, remembering the shocked and deeply shamed emotions swirling in the blonde's eyes the day they sat in her kitchen, and she told him she forgave him. She knew then that he didn't feel like he was worthy of it, and she was positive he felt that way about the other people who had offered it as well. "'Well, he does,' Harry stated firmly. "'That mess with Pavardi last night was awful. I felt horrible for him. I could tell that he agreed with her and the things that she said to him, that he didn't belong here, and that it was his fault. But she was wrong.' He shook his head in frustration. "'It's no more his fault that Lavender died than it is mine that Colin died.' and even though I have a hard time believing that some days. He sucked in a steadying breath and met the warm eyes of the girl who had been like a sister to him for the past eight years. I gave Malfoy a bit of a speech on the steps after all that, but it was just as much for my own good as his. I can't keep blaming myself for things. I had no control over. I still hate that things ended up the way they did for so many of our friends, and I will never not miss them or mourn the life that they could have lived, but I won't carry the guilt that doesn't belong to me anymore." My New Year's resolution, so to speak, he gave a small, wry smile, and Hermione felt her eyes once again fill with tears, although this time with pride and gratitude. Oh, Harry, she leaned over in her chair and wrapped her arms around his shoulders, giving him a long, heartfelt squeeze. I'm so glad to hear you say that. Harry hugged her back fiercely. I know it's still a process, for all of us, but I feel better than I have in a long time. He pulled back and looked at her square into the face. I want you to know that if you want to pursue this thing with Malfoy, you've got my full support. You deserve to be happy, you know? Hermione hadn't realized just how much she needed to hear those words from her oldest and dearest friends, but as she recognized the sincerity and love in his gaze, she felt something lighten in her chest. She nodded and hugged him once more. Thank you, she whispered, willing her eyes to stay dry this time. As they pulled apart, Creature shuffled into the kitchen with a disgruntled look on his wrinkly face. Pardon me, Master Harry, Miss Hermione— he nodded to each of them in turn. The small creature Miss keeps in her room is making very loud noises, and Creature does not know what it wants. Hermione chuckled. Thank you, Creature. I'm sure he's just hungry. I'll take care of it. As she started to head for the door, Harry called after her. Have you named that thing yet? She paused, glancing back at her best friend with a smirk on her face. I think I'm going to call him Roy. Roy? Harry looked puzzled. Yes. Short for Gilderoy. You know because he's so pretty to look at, but not much good for anything else. With that, she flounced out of the kitchen, Harry's hearty laugh echoing after her down the hall.